Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the That Time When podcast. Today, we are, well, before we could dive into what we're doing, I'm sat next to two of the biggest F1 gurus on the planet. I know, don't look at me like that. It's Dan and Tommy. Hello, Dan and Tommy. Tommy and Dan, how are we both? Well. Well. Delicious. 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 (laughs) Uh, People literally have no idea why you're saying that. Anyway, let's dive into it. Today, we are talking about that time when there was a 13-car collision at Spa. 13 cars. That is an F1 open lobby, if I've ever read it, it, seen it. And has to be one, well, it's the top YouTube hit. I believe it is. On the Formula One channel. I think it is. If you haven't seen it, if you've not seen this incident, pause. I think it's... Go watch it. I think it might be second behind Brendan Hartley and Sergei Sorokin's battle in Singapore in Oh, If you can't but... tell, that's sarcasm. Right, so let's talk about it. So... Going into Spa, we had Hackenen versus Schumacher in the title fight. Obviously, Micah Hackenen and Michael Schumacher, not Ralph. Um, and Mick. <laughs> and Mick, what? Not Ralph and Mick. Not Mick, no. David. Mick, Mick was not born, I don't think, at this, at this specific point. Uh, McLaren dominated the qualifying. Obviously, Micah Hackenen driving for McLaren. And Damon Hill, not a surprise that you put this in the sheet, Tommy, uh, in third, a second slower. How do you feel being a Damon Hill fanboy to, uh, well, I've written that. Uh, Dan wrote it, I think. Yeah. How do That's you feel you can... knowing that Dan wrote that about your beloved? It was well, it's, it's a fact. You can't write qualified 20th. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so tell us a, bit, a little bit about it before we started the race. Uh, yeah, the, the title fight was between Hacken and Schumacher. No one else was ever going to get involved, really. Uh, Coulthard, I mean, from the first race, Coulthard had moved over to let Hacken and yeah, take a win, uh, which almost cemented his place as number two. Uh, and Eddie Irvine shock was not really anywhere, despite his interviews. He likes to claim he was really good. Just to clarify, uh, Eddie Irvine driving for Ferrari. For Ferrari, yeah. Because yeah, you've got, you got to think there are some young uns out there yeah, that there have are. absolutely Sorry, no yeah. idea who you're talking about. So, um, so yeah, Hacken and Schumacher, far away dominating. But McLaren, um, I think it's safe to say that McLaren had the best car uh, yeah. in 1998. They were a second faster than Damon Hill in third, and Schumacher was fourth, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, dominated qualifying. But as is the case in a few other mid-90s races we've done with Michael Schumacher, when it rains, he is there and he is ready to take the glory. Oh, I was going to say it paused, but that, that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the phrase you were after. So the first start of the race, because we had more than one. We had multiple starts. It was firstly time. stupidly wet, like wetter than wet can be. Probably it would Germany, have been a red flag. Would you say Germany this year, it was that kind of level? No, I don't think so. Even more? Yeah, even more. They, they would have red flagged that, surely. In this day and age, yeah. yeah. they would have. I think as far least... it's worse as well, because you've got trees lining the whole circuit. So yeah, the spray true. just sort of hangs there. And it just shows how different it was as well, because they didn't start behind the safety car. Oh, no. They, they just, just went. They just got they went it, for it. Which was probably a mistake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we're about to describe, so as you say, very, very wet, standing start, and the crash. David Coulthard. Yes. You, you're looking like you're about to say something. Well, Tommy. didn't um, Jack Villeneuve have an absolute blind? Villeneuve start? made an incredible start. And actually, if before that, if you want to like another good video from that, his lap of his qualifying lap, if you watch that, Jack Villeneuve, yeah, it's yep. incredible. He, his Williams wasn't very fast, and I think he'd crashed at Eau Rouge and just said, "Yeah, it's fine. It's flat easy." 
like classic Villeneuve, just playing it down. Yeah. And then his qualifying lap, I think he was just having fun because he is sideways almost literally everywhere. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he qualified sixth. And then, you know how short the run is to turn yeah, one at Spa? Very short. He went from sixth to second and then was challenging Hakkinen for the lead. Oh as, my like, goodness me. Literally hooked it up. Was there any perfect. reason for that? He just... He just nailed just, his start. Yeah, yeah. He just absolutely smashed it. But someone that didn't nail the start was David Coulthard. And he smashed it as well, but yeah, in a did. very, very different way. But so. he was third at the time, right? Yeah, I think so, um, yeah. And he'd got onto the paint on the outside of La Source, turn one. Yeah. So there's that extra bit of runoff, especially in the 90s. Yeah, it's a, yeah it's a bit different back then. Yeah, it's a bit different, but there was loads of excess runoff. Uh, and David Coulthard had put a wheel on the paint you could barely see this by the way because it was there was so much spray and basically darted towards the inside wall where the the old old pit lane uh is and then because he's cut across the track and he's in third place and it's very wet and people can't see unsurprisingly everyone just kind of like you say public lobby style plows into everyone and causes the most monumental crash probably ever seen in F1. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just everyone behind him pretty much just ploughed into him. I think Irvine was just behind him. And at the end of the crash, Coulthard and the Irvine's cars, there was basically nothing left of them. They'd just been destroyed because they'd each been hit by like half a dozen cars. That's ridiculous. Isn't and it? Uh, These are the days where um, wheel tethers, obviously, there's very strict safety measures now where the wheels are meant to stay on the car. Yeah. Uh, these are the days when you have an accident and the wheels are flying everywhere. Yeah. I think David Coulthard had no wheels left on his car or yeah, maybe like yeah. one. Eddie Irvine said that during the crash, he had like bits of debris and tyres hitting his helmet, but that's Eddie Irvine saying that. So it's like, maybe he didn't have that many. <laughs> <laughs> Take, it <with> a pinch. <laughs> Take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> it it rained on his helmet and uh, he said it was <laughs> yeah, debris. Yeah. But, um, and incredibly the only injury I mean Irvine was a bit injured but took the restart but Rubens Barrichello hurt his arm and couldn't restart so it's incredible we have this absolutely colossal accident and everyone walks away from it pretty much fine which means it's okay to have a bit of a chuckle about Ricardo Rossett yeah I was thinking that uh, in the Tyrrell at the back basically he'd he'd had not a good start and was a little way behind like not a long way and basically the accident had pretty much finished and he just comes charging in at full speed yeah and just if you watch you'll know exactly who he is if you get on youtube now and watch it you'll see the very last car he has so much time to realize that that's all going on and it, it is like someone on a video game that's maybe like looked down at their phone or something to do something else because Mr. he just Stark. accelerates he's so far behind he's coming in he sees everyone's already crashing there's cars and bits everywhere and he just plows in at full speed. It's the kind of thing you do as a bit of a joke when you see yeah, a friend. Yeah, You're just like, yeah. I'm just going to get involved in this. I mean, and just plows in. At the it. other end of the scale, Ralph Schumacher was in the middle of it, but got out with no damage because when he saw Coulthard spin, he literally pulled onto the grass at the side, stopped his car, put it in neutral, waited for the crash to finish, and then just drove, picked his way through it. Really? It's like quite impressive. That is that so is clever. It wouldn't have been clever if lo- like yeah, 13 cars yeah. plowed <laughs> into the side of him. Hey, it worked out for him, didn't it? Yeah. So, so after that 13 car pile up, uh, then was the cleanup. Yeah. How yeah. long did the cleanup take? It was a good hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this was the, the era as well where you had a spare car. And um, in the 90s, um, you, you'd have uh, a spare car because they had a lot more money back then and there wasn't so many cost cutting uh, things in place. 
Uh, and because a lot of teammates had collided, they'd, they'd always set up for one of them. Yeah. So if you think you're in a Stuart or whatever, you and your teammate crash on lap one, first person back to the pits is getting, or whoever <laughs> it's set up for, is getting that spare car to carry on with the race. So there was a lot of people out of the race there and then because they couldn't repair the car and you know their teammate yeah. could could get in so you, anyone that had a crash and their teammate team four yeah. down to one car yeah at, at, at prost uh panis didn't make the restart yano truly got the car pedro Diniz got the arrows instead of mixalo and ricardo rossett missed out because tora takagi got the they probably got. Like, there's absolutely no point putting Rossett back in this. He genuinely yeah. had so much time <laughs> to not crash his car, and he did. It's, uh, that's, a, that's an absolute madness. So the second race start, Damon Hill takes the what lead. What a moment. What a moment. Tell us about that moment, Tommy. Uh, so pretty much similar to, well, not as extreme as Villeneuve, because Villeneuve was six, but they did the second start, and Hill just got an absolute blinder in a Jordan. And, uh, yeah, took the lead. I can still remember Murray Walker going, and Damon Hill makes an excellent start and leads. Yeah, <laughs> Murray Walker's commentary is just iconic. And back to the crash as well. Um, oh, actually, while we're speaking of the crash, I just remembered something. Uh, I saw a tweet from uh, Matzel89. Yep. And he shared uh, a clip from uh, F1 Digital, which was... I believe Bernie Eccleston's it was kind like, of equivalent of pay TV that yeah. he wanted to do for Formula One. Uh, and he shared a clip from Spa 98, that opening lap, and they missed the crash. They just followed Hakkinen all the way up Erosion Radion, down the Kemmel Strait, and then cut back and went, oh, this has happened. <laughs> they didn't show it. They missed it. The cameras missed it. Wow. On F1 Digital. So That's I, I, I only found that out yesterday, seeing yeah, that video. Same. Yeah. But it's quite an interesting thing. That's uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> amazing. So the people watching it on that premium service would have not got a premium service. No. No. They were that's, not uh, happy. It's but a bit of a shame. Not as unhappy as Mika Hakkinen. Oh, lovely segue Did you like there, that? Tommy. I was quite pleased with that. Mika Hakkinen spins. And, and he gets wrecked. Yeah, I love how you've actually written, gets wrecked by Herbert. Yep. Now tell me, how does he get wrecked by Herbert? Well, Hakkinen, he's lost the lead to Hill. He's going through La Source, and Schumacher's also got a pretty good start. And he's on the he's on the outside of Hakkinen. They sort of touch wheels a little bit. Hakkinen spins, stranded in the middle of the track. Sebastian Vettel style. A little bit Vettel style, yeah. Um, but Dave, so David Coulthard, did they touch? Or Hakkinen well, uh, and Schumacher, yeah. Oh, so, sorry, it's Hakkinen and Schumacher. I thought it was Coulthard for some reason. No, Hakkinen and Schumacher touched. And then Herbert came around the corner in his Sauber. Nowhere to go. Hakkinen's car's there. Boom. Boom. Championship leader out of the race. Uh, so he, he was out of the race after that spin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Herbert then, was he continuing? Does he continue? No, I think Herbert was out as well. There's quite oh, a significant right. amount of damage. So like, Hakkinen spun around and normally, you know, he'd have been able to... To do get, a spin turn and get back in the race, but the fact that Herbert had come what, round and ploughed into him and what, wiped, his suspension, wiped out. his suspension out, yeah, he was out of the race. I can remember probably six-year-old me watching this and fist-pumping that Shumi was then up to second, is that right? Yes. Yep. Behind the great Damon Hill, though. Coulthard goes off again, uh, we've got there as well, yeah, uh, cool. and then 
anything to say about the, the, the David Coulthard going well, off? He just went off. With just went off. He's just a bit well. of a liability. He was just rubbish in this yeah, race, yeah. wasn't he? We'll get on Which to we'll get why. On to yeah. <laughs> get on to why in a little bit. Uh, but then Damon Hill led the Grand Prix for a little bit. Uh, did it start to dry out? Is that why Schumacher then continued? Like, or, or was it uh, wet the whole the, race? The opposite. They were actually on inters. Um, and... Schumacher was sort of following Hill and then it started to get a little bit wetter and Schumacher just thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it and then he passed Hill and then was like two seconds a lap quicker on the next lap and just pulled out a ridiculous gap as Schumi did back in those days yeah uh so yeah Schumacher was dominating flying away and we then come on to a very famous incident uh, between Michael Schumacher and liability David Coulthard yeah, not the. He didn't have a great race in this. Coulthard was already way at the back at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. He was out of the points, I believe. Yeah. Uh, obviously being lapped because Schumacher was coming up to pass him. And for me, this is probably my favourite bit of Murray Walker. Oh ever. God! Yeah. yeah. Um, just he's so casual, just talking like yes, um, Mike Schumacher is coming up to pass, and then he just screams, "Oh God!" And um, out goes Michael Schumacher. Yeah, basically Schumacher had gone behind Coulthard, gone to overtake him, but I think Coulthard had eased off. I believe. Coulthard, yeah, basically to let Schumacher go. Schumacher had been following Coulthard for about a lap, stuck in his spray, and was complaining over the radio. So Jean Tot went down to McLaren and said, "Like you need to tell Coulthard to let Schumacher go." As they did back in those days. They yeah, just yeah, run just wandered out to another garage. team yeah. and give them instructions. So Coulthard backed off this was coming into Puon on the run down the hill into Puon um and but he backed off on the racing line and Schumacher unsighted in the spray just plowed into the back of him any any dodgy any little dodgy uh, controversial sort of uh, yeah it, hypotheses the fact, in, in I mean of the your fact that it was um I mean Schumacher obviously would have been fuming because Hakkinen was already out of the race and this is Hakkinen's teammate at McLaren while Michael Schumacher was leading the race and about to, you know, get 10 points for a win uh, at the time uh, over his rival Hakkinen and Coulthard, who wasn't scoring either. Um, and the fact that all the people he could have hit, it was, it was David him. Coulthard. Yeah. Um, is very controversial. And he drove back to the pits, I remember, on, on three, three wheels. I've always wondered about that. Like, he was going so quick on three wheels. Like, if he'd have Could he kept, have carried on? Could he have kept going and scored points on three wheels? black flag, though. Probably. Yeah. But but he, probably. He, he went back so quickly. He was, he was rapid, yeah. I think he was quicker than probably Ricardo Rossett would have been. Uh, <laughs> on four wheels. With four wheels. Um, but then, quite a famous moment. I mean, we spoke... Uh, in the recent podcast about Vettel uh, having his moment where he saw red uh, this clip of Michael Schumacher where he takes his helmet and balaclava off and he's absolutely fuming he's like popping a vein in his yeah. head yeah. Um, rushing looks, down the pit lane looks so angry and I just remember Murray Walker going look at him look at him and uh, he runs into the McLaren garage and there's like a bit of a scuffle fisticuffs yeah 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 he accused Coulthard of trying to kill him it's quite an accusation yeah quite the accusation I mean that would was that made in the heat of the moment or afterwards uh in the garage in the heat of the moment yeah I think he walked in and said you tried to kill me wow Um, and after the race Coulthard just said it was disgusting behavior so for someone with such a fantastic record for driving in this sport and he needs to get help and control his anger 
Coulthard also needs to learn to not drive on the racing line and then let off in horrific conditions. Yeah. Would I you mean, not agree? Yeah. Uh, after uh, A week after the race, after things had cooled down, they had a meeting to get like a private meeting together and uh, Schumacher accepted after that that Coulthard hadn't done it intentionally and hadn't done it done anything wrong really but then five years later Coulthard said you know I shouldn't have lifted on the racing line I was in the wrong I would never do that again so it was kind of like yeah mm. I, I, I messed up badly there you do think like does did David Coulthard not intentionally try and wipe Schumacher out but try and make it just that little bit more difficult I don't think so I don't think he was that sort of driver he was quite a, an honorable like as we said with letting Hacken and past him in the first race because of a pre-race agreement I think he was but surely in your head when you're in that moment and it's, you know how much spray, it, and he knows that Schumacher's behind, letting off on the racing line. Like, for me, how can he think that Schumacher's going to see him? Yeah, you know? I, I'd argue, but I it, don't think that's going through his head. It's, no, well, you don't I know. think he just made a decision in the heat of the moment, and it was the wrong one. It was the wrong yeah, one, yeah. 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 Although, yeah. Yeah, when do backmarkers ever lift on the racing line? Anyway, I um, mean, and actually to make it even you know less like Coulthard would have done it on purpose the exact same thing happened a lap later between Giancarlo Fisichella went into the back of Shinji Nakano while he was lapping him well, oh and that so was a really Shinji nasty that was a horrible crash he, yeah um, is that the one where it took his front wheels off and he almost got uh, pinned against the pit wall yeah like the, like the pit wall at Old Spa it's like the bus stop chicane wasn't like it is now it went left right and then right <laughs> it left it was a bus stop it was a bus stop and the pit entrance you went straight on and there was a pit wall in the runoff area so you just basically had this protruding wall and Fisichella almost sort of was pierced into this protruding wall jeez yeah that could have been real, really nasty um, but that meant my guy Damon Hill was now leading the your race. guy absolutely disgusting um, i mean this was this was an era where he'd spent a year in a arrows he'd been world champion for williams then gone to arrows like the worst yeah one of the worst teams on the grid you didn't think he'd ever win another race uh went to jordan and then yeah found himself leading and then shock more team order controversy yes so, so we've actually got here coulthard back out Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, by this point, there was only six cars left in the race, I think. So McLaren thought, oh, well, let's just fix Coulthard's car and send him back out. Because if someone else retires, drops, he, he can get some points. Points yeah. up to sixth place. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we did the podcast on Monaco where only three cars finished. It was one of those races that you just never know. Yeah, and if, yeah. if McLaren needed to win the Constructors' Championship and they ended up winning it by one point and it was because they sent David Coulthard back out in that race. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been yeah. laughing. But he crashed again. No, no, no. Oh, didn't. it says Coulthard back out, another crash. <laughs> oh, I, I edited that afterwards, but it must not have made it. I was going to say, the, I don't uh, remember him crashing again. No, no, no. no, no my, like, my he bad. had another crash and still finishes. <laughs> okay. His emotions They're crashed probably, when he yes, got out of the that, car from okay. the stress yeah. of the race. You were in his head. Yeah. Um, okay, so the rest of the race, as you say, Damon Hill led the Grand Prix from Ralph Schumacher, his teammate. Uh, and those two got very close. Again, Schumacher, Ralph. Yeah wanting to win the race. Yeah, so Ralph Schumacher had never won a race. Um, was there some team radio saying, like, do you want us to win this race or something? You'll, he'll yeah, back off? I've got, I've got the quote here. Go Basically, on. Ralph was quicker, but Hill was in the lead. And a very suggestive team radio message said, uh, he told Eddie Jordan over the radio, I'm going to put something to you here, and I think you'd better listen to this. If we race, if we both race, we could end up with nothing. So it's up to you. 
if we don't race each other, we've got an opportunity to get first and second. It's your choice. So it's kind of <laughs> it's saying... very authoritative. Yeah. yeah, it's like taking charge. But you could also... I think some people took it as, you know, if Ralph tries to pass me, I'm going to take him out. Mm. But I don't no, think that's that, not the case. No, it was, no, it was no, more just... Him. Yeah. It's more just look what happened to... Everyone else. Well, everyone else. Yeah, even even yeah. Coulthard and um, Schumacher. Imagine if they'd said, you know, Damon, slow down. Ralph's quicker, let him go. Yeah, Damon yeah. Let's off the brakes and Ralph <laughs> slams into the back <laughs> of him. Because, I mean, it could happen, right? So, yeah. But um, even the but, fact that he just. Yeah, I mean, and Jordan then gave the order, but uh, they, they weren't even sure if that would have would done have stopped it. stopped him, yeah. Because uh, Ralph had been offered a Williams seat for 1999, following year, but Jordan thought they had him in contract for 99, but Ralph wanted to go to Williams. So he was, he was at, the, at the time of the race, he was in the process of like, suing jordan to get him out of his contract so you so know he might have he, he didn't have it. much incentive to hold on to second but he did and am i right Fair in play. saying i don't know if, if this is just done for dramatic purposes as part of the uh, dvd or whatever the uh, it was released on but i've seen the video and when they give the team order to ralph he doesn't immediately respond yeah i think it took a little while it took a little while they, they definitely dramatized it a bit yeah with the team looking stressed in the pit, yeah. pit lane but he definitely he, would have said okay boss you yeah know, it would have been a it would have been a sure answer but he just later on just goes yep 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 yeah <laughs> i kind of feel for him in that because he had driven well and he was the quicker driver but he just the situation of the race yeah you you're, couldn't, you're not gonna and well, they weren't expecting i don't know if we've mentioned it but it Jordan hadn't won a race. No, Jordan had never won a race. And also they had Jean Alessi in third, like right behind them. So, you know, even if they had battled and it had been clean, it might have given the opportunity for Alessi to take both It's a sensible team decision, but difficult for Ralph Schumacher to swallow. It's a kind of, like you say, the equivalent if two racing points were leading the race and they've never won a race. Had Ralph won a race? No, no. What's the point risking it? Another reason why Ralph really didn't want to hold back, I'm sure. Yeah. He may have thought at this point, this might be my only chance to to win a race. Yeah. Obviously, it turned out. Funnily enough, after the race, actually, Michael Schumacher went and found Eddie Jordan and basically called him out saying that, you know, you've screwed my brother. Like, why have you done this? So he just wasn't very happy in general. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of odd because I don't remember them ever having the greatest relationship. No, they, they didn't really. Certainly later in their career, I don't think they did. So that it maybe. was never bitter, but they just no. weren't it wasn't close. Like, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a proper bromance. No. A literal bromance. Literal bros. So, what's the crash? The most iconic F1 race moment of all time. I think the whole race is the most iconic race. I think if, if you had to name the craziest F1 race ever, it's definitely up there. People a lot Germany of Germany 2019. I mean, I loved it. It's up yeah. there. It's up yeah. there. But I think that race just had, there were so many moments in it, which if they'd been the only moment of the race, you could argue it was, it would still be the, the most, one yeah. of the most iconic races. But because they all happened in the same race, it was so crazy. There was a ridiculous result. I think. Yeah, the three on the podium, the, only eight cars finished, was it? Yeah. Uh, and the three on the podium were all midfield cars. I think, it, yeah, it was pretty much a whole midfield top six because you had uh, Frenton's Williams in fourth, but they were kind of a midfield yeah, team yeah. that year. And then you had Pedro in his fifth and Jarno truly sixth. Who were in Arrows and Arrows, Prost. Arrows and Prost, yeah. yeah. So it was a proper, proper midfield. Don't you look at me like that, Tommy. <laughs> oh, yeah, just dropping a few, a few more bits of info. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree that the crash, at least, is the most iconic F1 
race moment ever. I, I remember uh, at the time of the race was on, I think I was out at a friend's house or something because I was eight and those decisions weren't mine to make. Are you telling me you weren't, you didn't have a laptop and you were just there writing for WTF1.com? No, 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 not, not back this when was, you were, didn't watch the race live. No, this was a weekend off. Fake fan. Fire him. Fake fan, yeah. But uh, so I got my mum to record it uh, on videotape. Oh, yeah. But it was so long that she had to put it on two tapes. So somewhere oh, at home, fair I, play I, to I your mom doing still that. got the uh, two tapes. Yeah. Was she watching the race then? Uh, no, I think my dad had it on and oh, said, Sue, can you come and change you, the tape? Change it's the run tape. out. Turn it over. So there's, a, there's about two laps missing in my recording of it. Oh, oh no. dad. <laughs> two laps missed. <laughs> Just neglected. <laughs> anyway, any other bits of information? Any other things either of you want to bring yeah, up? I just think like you're saying about I feel like if you search F1 in YouTube, that crash that is, is just, it. that is F1. Uh, Everyone I'm glad that we that. don't have that many cars piling up on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis. No. Yeah. It was pretty sketchy, as you mentioned earlier, Dan, and, and it kind of just highlighted that even back then, safety was decent. It wasn't at the levels that we're at right now. Yeah, they were quite lucky. There was also they a were lot very of lucky with yeah. all the wheels bouncing around. I'm pretty sure the wheels probably were in the podium yeah. positions at I one mean, point. And they bounced into the grandstand uh yeah my my uncle was at the race and he was um the opposite side of um the track but yeah i mean it so easily could have had wheels bouncing into the crowd and it's amazing there was no fatalities yeah Yeah. absolutely i mean when you see schumacher run into the back of coulthard as well one of his wheels goes straight in the air and it goes up at such rate of knots that could have come down anywhere but luckily that part of the track there's not really any crowd areas i don't think yeah but you know it just makes you think like why weren't Will tell us a thing from the start? <laughs> hey, I'm sure that race was probably the triggering point to being like, we probably shouldn't be firing wheels into the crowd. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, probably something that they don't don't want. So, uh, anything else, guys? Anything else to uh, to add, or are we done here for that time? When I think well, we're good. I think we're good. Oh, lovely. Well, that's lovely. I think we've uh, rounded it up beautifully. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to that time when 13 cars exploded at Spa Term One. Uh, if you have any suggestions, then please do let us know on Twitter using the hashtag WTF1podcast. Tweet us, whatever you want to do, uh, as well as giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Is that correct, Tommy? That is correct. Fantastic stuff. Cool. Thank you so much for watching. Every- oh, listening. Oh, here listening. we go. Every time. But if they might be watching the screen, in which case... Yeah, it could. They'd could be, be watching. I enjoy a good bar go across. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you're like, it's just a progress, isn't it? Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Beefy, baby, bovril.